As I outlined in my speech in Saudi Arabia three months ago, America and our partners are committed to stripping terrorists of their territory, cutting off their funding, and exposing the false allure of their evil ideology. Terrorists who slaughter innocent people will find no glory in this life or the next. They are nothing but thugs and criminals and predators and, that's right, losers. Working alongside our allies, we will break their will, dry up their recruitment, keep them from crossing our borders, and yes, we will defeat them, and we will defeat them handily. In Afghanistan and Pakistan, America's interests are clear. We must stop the resurgence of safe havens that enable terrorists to threaten America. And we must prevent nuclear weapons and materials from coming into the hands of terrorists and being used against us or anywhere in the world for that matter. You're listening to The Devil's Advocate, where we talk about news and current events. I'm your host, Brandon Condit. And I'm also your host, Mitchell Hernandez. Our goal at The Devil's Advocate is to provoke thought by introducing viewpoints and information that isn't readily available in the mainstream media. It's in truth a conversation where an independent liberal, like myself, and an independent conservative, like myself, can share different viewpoints without the typical disdain for one another we see all too often in politics. So with that, let's get started. All right, welcome back to TDAP episode 26 um if you have been keeping up with us over the weekend when we normally shoot the live segments you know that we did not this week this is just a podcast week um you know that because Mitch posted a video last night explaining that our schedules obviously got a little bit tight this week so um So, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Also, in your video, you said that this would probably be out on time, and I can tell you as editor-in-chief, it will not be out on time. By the time that any of you are (laughs) listening to this, it is Wednesday or later. It It will not be ready by Tuesday because, as you know, by following us at TDAP2017 on Twitter and Facebook... Um, it is actually Monday, August 28th right now. So Right. So direct all of your hate mail towards BSEC. <laughs> Brandon the con man con right. um, with his <laughs> – Right, with my infamous sackiness. Um, so anyway, we are – you also know too that we are going to be taking a week off next week. Um, for a multitude of reasons, we want to do a little bit of restructuring um, here with the show. We want to hopefully – Let's cross our fingers, get um, a song pretty pretty far along. All of that is in the update that's on Facebook. And um, oh, yeah. also what's not in on Facebook, which we will talk about in on a later episode, is the fact that next week I will probably be spending some of the time um, setting up for the Fantasy Hockey League this year, which I'm sure will be talked about over the next nine months. Um, oh, I'm Especially sure. since your inside jokes are going to be just abounding well, and everywhere. They probably won't even be inside jokes. As your reigning champion, I have a feeling that I will have some <laughs> things to say. So, um, anyway, with that, 
this show is going to feel a bit more unconventional. We, if you were watching the news last week, you know, like we do, that nothing, nothing huge happened. Nothing in Charleston big or nothing. Like there were definitely some stories. North Korea big, right? Or, you know. And and so basically, I th- nuclear holocaust was staved <laughs> right. off. So. until this week, but yeah. we'll get into that. We'll get into that <laughs> later. Um. You know, but I think that so I think this will probably feel this whole episode will probably feel more like a rest of the week type segment. So with that, I think that two minute explanation is good enough to start off with. And um, also, we're going to I think we've agreed that the majority of the show is going to be opinionated stuff um because yeah. because none of the stories were were charleston big um yeah and also we just we ourselves did not have the time as we said earlier we were kind of logistically constrained this week right. and didn't have the time to really dedicate to the type of journalistic integrity we normally do right. where we go deep into the facts we make sure that we've checked everything so this is basically going to be us just going off of the top of our heads saying this is our initial reactions and just having an actual candid conversation. Right, right. So with that, let's get started with last Monday, Trump came out and um, had a so a rally, or not a rally, but I guess a, like a, a speech um, about his Afghanistan policy. Um, right. And so what are your, what are your thoughts? on on that well so basically what he did and people who are plugged into the political sphere and all of that they know that this is not donald trump's stance against the war has been we shouldn't have gone there we should have stayed out we shouldn't have sent troops there we should have already been finished with it not everything that changes a little bit when you're commander-in-chief and we see that the same thing with uh barack obama so basically what trump did was he came out and he said we're not putting a timetable on this like previous administrations, we're going to stay until we don't need to stay anymore. And obviously there was a lot of people that were upset by this. There was a lot of people that were relieved that he's, in my opinion, doing the right thing, doing what we need to actually do. Um, but again, there's the people that were shouting hypocrisy, and they're not wrong. He did say all of those his things. His critics about, would say, though, that uh, – yeah. his critics would say that one of the issues um, that they – that they had with the so basically what he said was we're going to stay for an indefinite amount of time with an indefinite amount of troops in the area and but we're expecting help from Pakistan um and who was the other one uh uh Pakistan and uh, Damn, I, I can't know. remember either. It was two countries, but it was two countries. Yeah, two countries that no- aren't normally in the conversation. Right, might, like you don't normally hear. I think it was India, Pakistan, and India. But because I think they're having some. Uh, tips, but basically, like, uh, the, but basically, what he did was he said, if we don't get cooperation from Pakistan, um, and and these countries, then we're going to then we're going to wash our hands of it of the whole situation, and then we'll be done with it. And to me. And not, and to his critics, and I will. This is the one piece that I do. It it's not necessarily me being angry about it. It just to me, well, I'm angry it, as hell. To me, the idea here <laughs> is, is like, or the scenario here is, we know, based on the last twenty years, that 
we're probably going to lose this war. This is a way to lose this war without claiming a loss. And I, if we're, I disagree. If, if it ends, in if five years down the road, if we go, well, we didn't get Pakistan's cooperation, and we pull out of the area, then and we wash our hands of it, and we say, well, it's Pakistan's fault, then is the is the meantime between now and then worth the end result? Yeah, it depends on what we're willing to, to actually do. So if, if in the meantime we're not actually really doing anything and we are putting the most of the bulk on it, well, then probably so. But if the bulk of it is let's send a bunch of troops there, let's put our lives on the line, and then for whatever reason Donald Trump gets pissed. And you again, know what he's it was? The commander it in was chief. Afghanistan. If he wants to do it. It was Afghanistan and Pakistan. They wanted the cooperation. Was it? Yeah, they wanted the cooperation from the Taliban in Pakistan. And I think that that's – sorry mm-hmm. for interrupting, but I think that's an important, an important note to that because – you sure India's not in there somewhere? Uh, in, no, I, there, that something's I, think, going on with India. I think that where India came into the conversation is that um, Pakistan and the United States have a weird relationship right now where it's like, we're friends, but we're kind of like, we try to keep our back turned to you, and we're just like, yeah, I know that guy. He lives on my block. Um, <laughs> but we're not, like, we don't try to be buddy-buddy with, with Pakistan overly. Um, and I think that because Pakistan and India are rivals, the message being sent and the and the statements being made about that relationship were that if Pakistan feels like the United States might start giving arms to India or might start doing deals with India, then that becomes a problem for Pakistan because Pakistan is enemies of India. And so I think right. that's where India came into the conversation was it I don't think that there was any formal cooperation there. I believe that the story was that we wanted cooperation from the Pakistani government because we know that that area there between Pakistan and Afghanistan isn't guarded by anyone. And then they wanted the cooperation from the Taliban. And we know historically the Taliban says one thing and then does whatever the hell they want to do. Yeah, it seems to be the kind of the standard operating procedure for most countries and people. Right. So, but the difference here, <laughs> like the difference things. here is they're harboring terrorists, and that's that's right. a problem. So, to me though, that feels almost like it's like a it, like a house of cards that isn't. Is I don't see it holding its own weight. Like five ten years down the road if we end up just backing out of this whole thing then we were no different than we were when barack obama took us out and and when well when we i see the difference between there with barack obama is that he didn't he took the troops out and but he put in all of the military bombings and stuff so the drone strikes but that's not how you win the war you can't just drop bombs from the sky and then expect you know, okay, I guess we've killed all the bad guys. You have to actually put boots on the ground and go in. And I think that that's what if, – if this is what we're going to see – and again, Donald Trump is being vague about this. And this is something where he's not being hypocritical uh, from back on the campaign trail where he said, you know, they're very stupid. They tell all of their – Hillary Clinton likes to tell people it takes us six minutes to get our nuclear codes in, in order and whatnot. Like I don't want to do that. 
if I come up with a plan, I'm not going to let our enemies know our right. plan. Right, and and so that's yes, why he's that, being vague about that's completely, what this actually yeah, is. Yeah, that's completely fair. Um, and, and but it also believes us in the dark, going, "Well, what the fuck are right, we actually and doing?" And the American public <laughs> isn't used to that. We don't like being left in the dark. No. That's the whole. That's the whole freedom. Not since Vietnam. The freedom so of information the idea and... that like we live by is this idea that like we we want to know everything. Everything that is legal for me to know. I want to have access to that information. That's that's the age that we live in. Right. That's the idea. Just get James Comey in there. He'll leak it all. <laughs> right. get in He's there, not Comey. leaking anything vital, though. <laughs> What's funny is that I say that soundbite as if the audience has already heard it, but because I don't have the, the hardware that I need to put that in, I'm just going to keep saying what's already sitting in a file somewhere. <laughs> Um, and you're going right. to pretend I'll just keep saying gonna pre- He's not leaking anything right. vital You're going to pretend <laughs> that you heard Mitch say it in episode 14 um, Right So, you know But, yeah, so I don't know and, and On the flip side of, of that argument I, I think that the That his plan or his speech Went over well with most people And I have talked with people that served in the military and and whatnot and and we're in the middle east and you know everybody's experience is different so just because i know a guy who says a thing doesn't mean that that's the consensus but you know it, it seemed like i mean he said in much better words than i could because i don't have the experience that he does that this is really the only way to do it if you're going to if you're right. going to win you have to go all in and and, and be, or you're not going to. Win. Or you're not you going to win. To, you have to occupy territory. It's like whenever two rival gangs fight, they fight for territory. Right. You know, that's how these gangs ended up becoming ISIS. It got bigger and bigger. They fight for territory. If you just kind of shoot from out your window, you know, and hope to God you hit someone on the other side, you're not really doing anything. Right. You got to put boots on the ground. You got to have a presence there. And whether or not we're claiming that as our own, I think that everyone is in agreement that we shouldn't. That's being everyone other than me, right? But you know, I think that for whatever reason they've decided, okay, we aren't going to set up shop, and so whatever. But at least you still have to put the troops on the ground. It fight the enemy. You need to fight the enemy if you want if you plan on winning, right? So hopefully that's what we're doing. We have no fucking clue. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> and again, that we just know that there's going to be more troops. He did say there was going to be a troop increase, and uh, yeah, that's about all we know. And then there's no uh, end date. So I think it's the right move if he's making the right moves. It's just really hard to know. Right. Yeah. No, I don't know. I my I don't have an opinion. Like, I don't really have a hard opinion on this one way or another because I've been right. on both. Can I trust the generals on well, that Well, and one? I've been like, – yeah. historically, I've been on both sides of this whole Afghanistan thing. Like, now, granted – Arm the rebels. Now, grand – well, no, that <laughs> – Syria. I'm I'm speaking just Afghanistan. Like if you go back to September 11th, right now. Granted, I'm 29 years old today. I was young, 15 years ago. Yeah, but I remember me and you both be like, "Fuck George W. Right. Bush." Yes. Uh, so you know, I no war I, I was on I was on that side of the argument initially. I grew up a little bit and then became on the side of well. Now we're just wasting money, so let's like what we did there was right. unwinnable. Let's pull out. That was the that was the consensus among most yeah. people at the time that Barack Obama well, did it. Th- and here's the thing you got to remember about the Iraq and Afghanistan wars because the Iraq war is over. Right. I mean, we we won that. 
And there were so many wars going on that we basically we, we went in to fight Saddam Hussein. We won that war. That was mission accomplished. That was finished. And they gave him a bunch of shit for it. But that was basically what we showed up to do. We were also fighting a war against the Taliban, which arguably they won. Because their whole thing was just, we are going to attack you, and then we're going to hide out in caves. We're going to hide out in these spider holes and whatnot. And I can hear you messing with your mic shit. <laughs> well, the mic... And we're going to make The it. mic couldn't actually hear that. You could just hear that through your headphones. Spoiler alert. Uh, we are not... Uh, we're not on... We're not in the same room this week. We are... We're, no, we're doing it old school. We are doing it old school. And why... The reason that you heard me, I was so glad. As soon as you were like, the thing about Iraq is, I like... Okay, so my door behind me kind of like creaked open a little bit, right? And I could hear white noise coming from the AC and whatnot. And I have a six-month-old son, so I never know when somebody's going to just start crying in the background. So the whole time right. we were having that conversation, I was like, man, I really wish that door was shut. Like, I really wish Stacy would walk by <laughs> and grab that door. Is that you making your mad dash over Yeah, there? so as soon as you were like, the thing about this, I was like, oh my god, this is my opportunity. He's going to talk. <laughs> Exposition, <laughs> right. run. So, but What's great about the whole thing is i'm pretty sure and i might be wrong but i'm pretty sure the audience didn't hear any of that until the explanation <laughs> so anyway layers upon layers right, bro continue so but yeah so we won the one in the war in iraq fighting against uh the taliban and everything was a bit harder because they just wanted us to leave which arguably they won they just kind of hung out in caves and killed us when they could and then we left uh, with uh, Barack Obama. And so they basically won that war. And then there was the civil war going on between the whole area. So that not just Iraq, not just Afghanistan, right. but in Syria and all of the other countries around this area, uh, the Arab Spring, that were going through their own civil wars, which weren't directly tied to <laughs> us. But we saw how even if it's not directly between us, if we step out, someone else steps in. And it's the same thing with Afghanistan. I think they... they Whenever Barack Obama came out, and I remember him, he came out and he, he said he was like surrounded by Humvees, and he came out with the worst, most ridiculous swagger I'd ever seen a president give ever. Like he was actively swaying from side to side. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? But he came out like and he Conor said, McGregor. you know, we're leaving. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the only one that I've seen more exaggerated. Like if, you have, if anyone has a chance to go back and look up that address, he looks ridiculous when he's doing it. But so that, that always sticks out in my mind. But he came out and he said, you know, hey, we're leaving uh, Iraq. We're done. However, we need to stay in Afghanistan for, I think he said, like three years or something like that. And I remember when he said it at the time, I said, I believe him. You know, I really don't think he wants to be here. He ran off no war. I think that if he, now that he's commander in chief, if we didn't need to be there, we would be pulling out. Right. And I think it's the same thing with with Trump. It's really easy when you're not in charge of the armies. And I know he's not. Like, there's generals and whatnot. But he still is the commander-in-chief. He holds sway. Right. Like, it's different to run but and not be like, swag. well, bad. And then see it and go, oh, fuck, we're the world's superpower. And if we're not involved actively doing good in the world, this is just primed for bad to step in. Right. And I think we do kind of have an obligation to to see it through and to finish it. And to do it with actual vigor to do what's right. And I think that we're la we just right now we lack that, at least as a country, because we're so we've seen war for so long and it's been fruitless and it's been half assed. But if you actually set yourself to the task, I think we should we could accomplish a lot in that area. I think we so I think we, we could need to do it. But 
we'll see. We'll see how it plays out because yeah. I think to me, it's a nice, it's a nice rosy thought, but you know, no, I don't think it's more than a rosy thought. I think it's an obligation. Oh, okay, at this yes, point. Like no, you came in no, and broke no. that shit. I, I get it. I believe you, and I agree with you. Here's the problem. I think it takes longer than eight years, and Donald Trump doesn't get longer than eight years, no matter what. And you, we don't, <laughs> yeah. we don't know what the future holds. If somebody else comes in and it's just, it, if Bernie Sanders or someone like Bernie Sanders was the next person in line, you know, first of all, you know, as a vendetta for Donald Trump reversing the entire, every accomplishment that Barack Obama considered an accomplishment, it's almost been erased completely now. And so you would think the Democrats are probably salty about that. Um, so I would think I would, I would think that the first thing that the next Democrat to come to power would do would be get rid of everything that set that anything that you can stamp Trump on in Washington. I would think that's going yeah. away. Um, well, I mean, shit, you see how liberals right now are trying to purge anything that just doesn't go with their narrative anyway. They're going to be trying to purge the fuck out of Donald Trump's legacy as soon as it happens. Yeah, as think, soon as they get the chance to. I think to. you still need to be careful because on a weekly basis, you generalize liberals and they're not all. I'm talking about not when, all I, when evil I do that, I'm talking about monsters, the leadership. So, yeah, what I'm talking about, when I say liberals, say Democrats. I, in this context, <laughs> yeah, in this context, I'm talking about the leadership. Congressional about Democrats. Yes, I agree with you. Right. Um, yeah. I would say some congressional Republicans too. So, yeah, absolutely. So with that, let's uh, let's slide on into another um, Donald Trump related story, and I'll let you kind of I'll let you kind of take the the reins on this one a little bit. But you know, the night after the Afghanistan policy, there was like a weird ass rally in. Arizona, Phoenix, and like the story there was that the that the mayor had been asked, been saying for like a week and a half or two weeks, like don't don't come here because we don't want, we don't want problems, um, and no problem, right? Man. And it was weird, right? Like it was it was weird. First of all, he was coming right off the comments from Charlottesville, so it like felt. Like, he didn't know how to kind of go up there and deliver it. Wow. What a crowd. What happened in Charlottesville strikes at the core of America. And tonight, this entire arena stands united in forceful condemnation of the thugs who perpetrate hatred and violence. But the very dishonest media, those people right up there with all the cameras. We're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia. This is me speaking. We, we condemn, condemn in the strongest, in the strongest possible, possible terms, terms this egregious display this of hatred, display bigotry, of hatred and, bigotry and violence. That's me speaking. And on violence Saturday. on many sides. On many sides. Right after the event. But all the network, I mean, CNN is really bad. And they fired Jeffrey Lord, poor Jeffrey. Jeffrey Lord. I guess he was getting a little bit fed up and he was probably fighting back a little too hard. And yes, by the way, they are trying to take away our history and our heritage. You see that. 
Fox has treated me fairly. Fox treated me fairly. How good is Hannity? And he's a great guy, and he's an honest guy. And Fox and Friends in the Morning is the best show, and it's the absolute most honest show. It was normal, like a, uh, a campaign rally would be back in the back in the day, six months mm-hmm. ago. Um, but he, like, it, it felt kind of awkward. Like he didn't know where to go at first. And then I thought he was angry. A, yeah, I, I watched it felt some of it. Bullshitty. Um, well, it's always and, bullshitty. Anytime you go to these rallies, like I said, people have a big issue with him doing these rallies now that he's president. What may- I have a bigger issue with when you talk if, for a guy who talks about fake news, right? And like, okay, so did you actually have you seen pictures from inside the arena that that was at? Like, no, there was like. There was like twenty eight people there, including the people on stage. No, like, total, no, that's total bullshit. Both sides are doing this now, and it's really it's frustrating that, like, uh, Donald Trump's supporters did the same thing, where they were like, "Oh, all these counter protesters were supposed to show up, and guess what? Only fifty showed up. Totally false. There was thousands there." Now the, the liberals are doing the same thing. Uh, they're saying, oh, look, he didn't even feel anything. Donald Trump sells out those stadiums every time he does it because it's Donald Trump. I, in no right. way, shape, no. or form I mean, do I ever going to believe that, that makes, 28 people were there. That makes way more sense to me. Um, but I'll have to find the article because I had it. I had it saved somewhere. I don't usually go to bullshitty sites, so you may absolutely be right. <laughs> Bullshit that, is on yeah, a brand new level, man. Like it's just that it's, it's everywhere. That absolutely seems like a uh, a logical explanation for something like that. Because yeah. you know, my rule of thumb on the internet is like. A, if it seems outrageous, it's probably bullshit. Yeah. Well, and that one guy, um, the conservative guy that I like a lot. Um, damn, I can't think of his name. Ben Shapiro. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't like him. I, um, I would think you would, since he's so tough on Trump constantly, and also his, like, his entire argument is just based off logic. He's like, too cute, like <laughs> you know, like not cute in a. Not not cute in a like oh you you have you're physically cute. I'm, you want to date him? <laughs> don't lie. I want to date him. No, you're right. That's what it is. <laughs> I have a secret obsession with money grabber. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know that was my goal. Like I was gonna win Powerball last week, and then I was gonna fly straight to Ben Shapiro and be like, hey, what's up, man? You want some pasta or something? Right. Uh, so anyway. No, I just don't like what I mean by he's too cute is I feel like at least from what I've seen and maybe I've only seen a selective few posts of his on social media, but they seem very not as bad as Milo. But oh, they seem not even like, close. But they seem kind of like that whole like he at least what I've seen. I've seen a lot of what seemingly are gotcha moments. And I'm like, that's not you didn't. That's not. It, you know, most of the time it's... I've seen when he does a gotcha moment, he usually does have them. Like, it is a gotcha moment. Unless... Yeah, I didn't... I, didn't... I mean, but again, the whole point of me bringing him up is that he was... He's a source that I trust very... I do. I trust a lot of what he puts out there. I agree with a lot of what he puts out there. Not everything, because we disagree. I think he's harder on Trump than uh, than he should be. Um, not that there's anything wrong with being hard on the president. But he was one of the people who also perpetuated that whole only 50 supporters showed up and it was total bullshit. I mean, it was like saying Trump's crowds were the biggest for the inauguration. Like we have photos. They're not (laughs) like 
But right. like, some bullshit's everywhere, even from trusted sources. So again, the, when you say that twenty-eight people showed up to see Donald Trump speak, it was I do it not believe it. No, it wasn't. I completely exaggerated that. But what <laughs> I, but what I saw, the picture that I saw looked like four hundred or something. Not what it seemed like on TV. So, yeah. and it also wasn't in like it didn't seem like it was in a big stadium either. It seemed like it was kind of like. It seemed like a smaller venue, not a gym, bigger than a gym, but I don't know. It just, from what I saw, which again was a picture of the crowd and the stage and then the people behind him on stage, was like it looked like a small set in a bigger place, but not stadium big. Yeah. So I I don't know. It makes perfect sense why he does this shit because the the media is entirely against him. And like we used to, to... at the beginning of this whole thing, like when we were like, the media is trying to take him down during the election, whatnot, there was a conspiracy theory. No one thinks it's a conspiracy theory anymore. It's a proven fact. The media is against him. They are actively yeah, the working media, to take the, him the down. The media totally, like, I, I detest that. The media wasn't trying to they take him down. They were. The media was trying to use him for ratings. That's I, all they were doing. There's no Donald disagree. Trump without CNN. If CNN doesn't show every goddamn hour-long rally that he did for a year and a half, there is no Donald Trump because the popularity, while it's still there because, yeah, Apprentice, yay, and ties <laughs> that no one can afford. Um, Just look at his debate know. performances. That's what really did it. I mean, the thing is, is I don't, I don't buy. Right, but the base performance was was turned on by the fact that they had so much access to him. No, the debate performance, not the base. Oh, the de- like, yeah, I gotcha. the, the fact I gotcha. that he was snarky, he was giving it to the politicians, and that's what people wanted to see. And so they, when they turned on the debates and saw that, like even from the get go, when Megyn Kelly stood up trying to take him down immediately, or no, the first thing they did was try to make him sign a bullshit pledge that no one honored. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, know. I mean, like it just played oh right God. into it. Like they, everyone had decided everyone in a power, a position of power was like, fuck this guy. And I, I don't buy that, that argument that, well, you know, he wouldn't have won if they didn't play cover him all that time. It was like 90% negative. So if you're trying to right. slander someone really fucking hard, but you just can't do it. And so, oh, it's your fault that he won. No, man, they did everything they could to, to stop yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't work. <laughs> and, Right. They, a lot of that was because it became really transparent, and it was like it also though it would have been very very easy to change the outcome of that by not having him on TV sixteen hours of the day. Yeah, the I mean fact, it definitely played a factor into it. I'm not going to say he won because of it, and I'm not going to say that it's the media helped him out. I'm not going to say that. Well, they did no, everything you know he didn't win because of it, dude. Putin, Uncle Putin's over there, <laughs> like. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Oh, when that's the the Soviet Russia so <laughs> president hand, so handy. You. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I mean, yes, it makes sense why he does it, but to he's me, he's got to counteract the media, who is just go go be yeah. a pre- like or or just don't fight the media. Just do your job like every other president has ever done. Ignore the media and go be a president without having to go. Well, he's get, also he is playing the media as well, so he knows you know, that they're they going to cover the, his speech. So he's got, they're going to like ninety percent of what they cover with him is negative. But for that hour and a half, he is going to be blasting his own message during every one of their networks, and it works. Right. And then and then people know that as soon as he's done, that they're just going to shit talk him, so they don't stick around for that part. You know, right. and they like yeah, it because no. it's ratings. 
So it makes perfect sense why he does it because otherwise people wouldn't talk about Jobs coming back. They wouldn't be talking about that because they're too busy talking about his tweets for seven hours. And his right. tweets are dumb. Yeah. Don't do that. But at the same time, <laughs> there's other right. shit to yeah, talk no. about. I I agree with you. So, um, all right. We're crossing that one off the list. And yeah. let's We're go We're going to see more into... of that in the years to come, I'm sure. Um, I guess we'll change pace real quick. And we'll go into – we'll come back to Trump in a minute because I think – it on our last Trump story, which I believe we've got another one, and then uh, a few Donald more Trump. topics planned out. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, the VMAs played that song, and that's why I keep saying that. I've had it stuck in my uh, head. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure that. Well, maybe not. Maybe not our listeners. I feel like our listeners are a little the best older. Listeners ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's stroke all their egos real quick. Yeah. Um, Hurricane Harvey. Let's let's talk about that for a second. When I opened the door, more water rushed in, and all of my stuff flew out, and like it just kept coming in. All I could grab was my wallet and my phone. That's all I knew to grab. Our town is destroyed, and uh, it hurts. I had to save a guy's life right here. I, uh, he was hanging onto a telephone pole, and I. Uh, I got a rope. I heard him. He was he was out there for about thirty minutes. Can you just see the water come up, come up, come up, making sure that all our family is safe? We just kept looking at the water, and it just kept getting higher and higher from four in the morning to seven in the morning. We prayed a lot, and um, we just praised God, and he, you know, we were rescued. So we're there's this sense of sadness that they have left behind some of them homes that they fear will not be there when they get back but they realize they made a wise decision by putting their life first and protecting their life knowing that they can always go back and rebuild texas is texas is flooding obviously we saw all the crazy videos of 130 mile an hour winds just devastating towns yeah. and uh and you know so i actually do quite a lot of business uh in that area texas is massive for for us for for me and what i do and right. my customers in corpus christi were terrified i mean i had some right. and some of these guys you know they, they've got warehouses they're not buildings they're warehouses made of wood on the coast <laughs> and and i felt so bad because they were just like yeah like we're expecting to lose everything and you know like yeah. the, the economic damage that this is going to do and luckily trump i think has handled it really well and yes his, he's getting a little i i agreed with you he did the same thing during it, the campaign whenever uh, louisiana flooded and then for some reason I, like barack yeah, obama and hillary just didn't go and he, I thought he handled that well here, too. Here, here's what I'm gonna say. Like, it's gonna. Here's the the test for Donald Trump. It's not about what he says or what he tweets or whatever. And I do think that there is. I've seen some criticism of him uh, on his handling, sure being like, being like he's he's tweeting about the border wall when during this, which I think you you still have to be president. Like, I'm not I'm not saying right that. You know, he's got to obviously spend a good chunk of time on it, but the world doesn't stop. And that's no offense to anybody in Texas or that has anybody in Texas. Right. Like, just there's an act of but, God going on. Like we still have. 
We right, still have stuff North to do Korea too. doesn't. Right, North Korea doesn't stop making bombs because of a hurricane anywhere in the world. <laughs> so, right. the so you know, I I don't think that he needs to be on it twenty four hours a day, um, but I do think that the real test will come after tomorrow, which will be yesterday. The first, if you're listening to this as soon as it's available on Wednesday on iTunes and Google Play. That's right. Shut. Um, <laughs> But I, I think the real test will be what happens after he visits because it's one thing to tweet and it's one thing to make statements and we know that every president does it. So I'm going to wait. I'm not. I'm not going to criticize him. What I will say is that th- what comes after his visit, Barack Obama made statements too before he went to places. You know, every right. president does that. He handled but, Hurricane Sandy very well. Yeah, and so did is, uh, Chris Christie and those guys. Right. This is. This seems, though, like it's going to be bigger than Katrina. Oh, it not is. In, Economically. Not in, de- not in death toll or anything like that. No, but it we're just only at like five like, right now. But I again. mean, they're talking about they're talking about years and years and years to, to recover. Yeah, that's how long the, it takes. The, 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 you know, when yeah. it, in Texas, it doesn't rain often, but when it rains, it pours. This is more right. than anything they've ever seen. Like when they said like that five to five inches, and a half feet. Yeah, like yeah, they said within like seventy hours, two feet, two feet had fallen, and they were still yeah. going to get more. I was like, that's that's really fucked up. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, it's really it's really bad. Um, yeah. So obviously, and I saw. I thought it was good. You know, I'm not saying that because we were talking about presidents a second ago, so I don't want to get misconstrued into this being like, oh, Trump should do the same. But I did see, like, obviously gestures from everybody everywhere. If you look at social media and any celebrity and whatever, like, a lot of... They're going to raise a lot of money, which is really good. George Bush, George W. Bush actually came out today and, like, put out – I don't remember all of the groups. It was, like, American Red Cross that he was donating to. And there was two other ones that were, like – that at least by name seemed to be – I haven't looked into them. I'll drop an article in the sources of this episode, but they seemed like they were like not Habitat for Humanity, but kind of similar, like rebuild um, after disasters and whatever. So, so it's nice. Something Jimmy Carter would be involved with. Right. It's nice to see people that are able to help help. It's nice to see the people of Texas um, on their own, out on boats, pulling people out of houses into it. Like, but it's it's just insane to watch the pictures. And now, what's crazy today? That at least that I heard reported on Fox Radio. So you know, I don't know it, but what I heard was that to keep Houston from flooding, that they were going to open dams in the area, and the result of that happening would be that like the suburbs outside of Houston would flood, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the people in in that area already have are dealing with flooding. They don't, a lot of them don't have electricity or ways to communicate outside of their situation right now. So to have all of this water get poured into that area to save the city is kind of a crazy thought. If you think about it, I mean, if you, it's a tough decision, but how many people are you going to save by doing it? Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think it, I'm not saying it's a wrong decision. What I'm saying is, I don't want to be that guy that doesn't know it's coming before it 
role before yeah. he moves in. You know what I'm saying? You obviously, like, yeah, you obviously don't want just, to be that guy. Obviously, it's just a shitty situation all the way around. And Personally, I really think that be, if they have a chance to save the city, they, that, that would be where their obligation would well, have to be. Yeah, I, I'm – yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to be criticizing anybody for whatever decision they make, as long right. as you know. I th- I think that personally, that probably would make the most sense because that's the most populous area. But you know, right? So uh, you know, I don't know, but obviously, you just hope that so that the, all works out because that's gonna. That, I mean that that yeah. sucks. I mean, as far as is the worst hurricane ever goes, the casualties have been very low. There have been five deaths. And I'm sure that now that the rescue and the search is, is going to really get underway. You're going to get more, but I mean, again, you know, this is one of the most awe inspiring acts of God that you could see. And that, you know, I think it's a pretty good Testament that only five people have been lost so far. You know, luckily, Hopefully that it's not going to rise too much more, but so far I think they're doing a pretty good job of containing it and helping people out when they can. Right. Yeah. No, I don't. Now, I, don't... I am going to try to, because I do have to look at this a little bit politically and ask a question here. Uh, so obviously there's a lot of talk about Texas keeps to, uh, going a little bit more towards the blue side. Do you think this is going to maybe switch over some believers in the whole climate change thing? No. You don't think so? No. Simply no. Because here's why. Those same people believe science when science tells them that an eclipse is going to – that the moon is going to show up in front of the sun. But because <laughs> of reasons that are not earthly, they they, they don't climate <laughs> – climate change isn't there like that i mean and i'm totally i am totally generalizing like a whole group of people right. and i'm I was, wrong i was for about to jump that. on it like <laughs> i'm gonna i will be the no i won't even let it get that yeah. far like i'll say it i am that could absolutely be a, wrong but i think that the majority of people if you're talking that, about this sec- section of people there probably is more religious people right that i just think well i think if you it's not like if you're religious you're anti-science and everyone who's an atheist right, just no, knows no, no. everything about science <laughs> no no that's not what they I'm don't saying. What, I, what i'm saying is if you look at just the demographic that you named the people that could possibly be that are leaning blue already and well see here's the thing though it because by that description if if you're looking at that specific demographic where people are already leaning blue, then yes, I would say that's probably well, no, that, fair that's to say. Not what, uh, but those aren't not, the people that are doubting climate change. So but that's not what's happening in Texas. What's happening in Texas is that there has been a willful that, – that has been the plan by Democrats to move in here. We're going to turn this blue by literally just right. moving as many Democrats as we can into this area. So I'm talking about like – it's leaning blue more and more, but not because conservatives are changing their mind. Do you think that right. now some conservatives might change their mind a little bit and go, whoa, like we haven't seen this before and this is going to keep happening? I don't – I still – my answer, my initial off the bat, no hard evidence because I can't have any is right. no because I think that – I think that there are people that – acknowledge climate change and i think that there are people that do not acknowledge climate change and i don't know that like i think it's almost like predetermined 
to some extent with some people, with a lot of people, and I at mm-hmm. least the people that talk in the media and what we consume, like you and I specifically, when I see somebody on TV arguing against climate change and I watch his argument, I don't think that a hurricane is going to make him go, <laughs> no, that, oh. Well, there it was, because it's the same guy that's going to go, well, it's snowing in New York in December. Oh, well, yeah, it is, because that's how the weather works. But Although it was supposed to be globally warm. But, right, but it's you know, not people. I think that there's to... a majority of, of people. That, I think that there's those are the extremes that I think the people that— um, I agree. I that, agree. They are the extremes. Yeah, and, and, and I think that should liberals... not generalize all conservatives that exactly. way. But I do th- or liberals. But I do think— Right, I do think the way that the, that we at least the people that we consume information from, it mm-hmm. seems like it's all or nothing on that argument. And to right. me, I I don't, I don't understand why. But I think when you talk to actual people, like I, I'm with you when it comes to how the media portrays it and all of that. But I think when you talk to actual people, there's the really diehard liberals that know this is catastrophic climate change. We are going right. to die. We are I, melting. <laughs> and then you do get those religious guys, at least the people at my work and whatnot that are religious, who are like, it's all a hoax and, and all that. Most of the people are in the middle going, yeah, there's it's some change, but I don't think it's catastrophic. And, and then I, the guy in the White House is like, it's made up by China. <laughs> <laughs> get them to pay pay for this climate change but, <laughs> right but, yeah so i think that i think it might sway a few more people that are saying yeah there's climate change i don't think it's catastrophic to oh shit is this going to be the norm i think it might sway a few people i don't think that it's going to obviously that those extremes on either side are going to see death and or salvation and whatever the fuck they want to but right so anyway, i just thought it was an interesting kind of a uh, you know, yeah, no, it's it's it definitely goes. an interesting. Or if it ends it, up it, the next midterms, maybe we see some blue coming out of there. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just don't think. I I don't think that people vote on climate change. I think they vote on bigger issues than Bernie that. Sanders I do does. think. I I do think some people do, but yeah, but the same people what that vote for Bernie. The the same <laughs> people that were voting for Bernie. I know you peaked that. Over oh, I there. didn't. I backed it up. I did it all um, suave like. I think that the the people that were voting for Bernie Sanders weren't just voting for climate change. They were voting for free education. They were voting for uh, higher minimum wage. They were voting for this the, and that and this. They wanted to steal all the rich guys' money. That's right. why I voted I th- for but them. I, but I think that is the is a bigger issue amongst. At least yeah. that crowd. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know. Again, generalizing people. There's some Bernie yeah. Sanders voter out there that's like, I hate what Brandon just said. I'm gonna go shoot a Muslim <laughs> at a train station. Like, don't <laughs> fucking do that. Right. That's fucked up. You're a and crazy like, person. And here's the shitty thing too. Like, that's not. That's not a a joke. Obviously, that really happened. Right. And so, if that they didn't shoot the Muslims, like, he was yelling at the Muslims, and then he shot right. The, the other people but but it's shitty that like that is now associated with bernie sanders because that's a crazy douchebag yeah well there's a couple Asshole. crazy douchebags that grabbed their guns and started killing for bernie or trying to so right <laughs> like, but it but it just sucks is i mean to me it's like the same thing as when david duke comes out and is like i love trump like yeah, exactly that's not that's not it's, trump saying it however trump just like Bernie did, I heard Sean Hannity or somebody saying like Bernie never was asked to come out. I was like, yes, he was within and like eight hours, and he came out like yeah. and said, "No, don't kill people in my name, douchebags." <laughs> right. um, it, 
right. that also is not that's he did not kill in his name, but right. You know, it. I don't know. That anyway, that's my side rant on that. I just I, I don't. I think it's unfair to attach attach those people. And I don't know how we got. We started with Hurricane, and yeah. that's where we're that's where we're gonna end this bit. So uh, <laughs> we go. So now we'll go in. Right, we'll go into one last political story before we do. We're gonna do the other in a quick round. Um, mm-hmm. the other three little bits, but we more more focused on the pop culture end. But right now, let's go into. I be, was it yesterday, Sunday, that Donald Trump signed or rescinded the executive order that Barack Obama signed after Ferguson that stopped allowing the local police stations to take basically like military equipment. He is rescinding restrictions from the prior administration that limited your agency's ability to get equipment through federal programs, including life-saving gear. Life-saving gear to make your lives safer, like Kevlar vests and helmets, first responder and rescue equipment like they're using in Texas right now. Studies have shown that this equipment reduces crime rates, reduces the number of assaults against police officers, and actually reduces the number of complaints against police officers. These restrictions that had been opposed went too far. We will not put superficial concerns above public safety. We will do our best to get you what you need. The executive order that the president will sign today will ensure that you can get the life-saving gear you need to do your job and send a strong message that we will not allow criminal activity, violence, and lawlessness to become a new normal. And we will save taxpayer money in the process. There's not a dollar to waste, and we're not going to waste dollars. We're not going to allow equipment no longer needed to be sitting idle when you could be using it. I need this tank. Jesus told me so. You saw it in Ferguson, and I heard I heard somebody on uh, St. Louis local St. Louis conservative radio talking about how like no the media portrayed it that way no i was here just like you were here and they surrounded those neighborhoods with tanks and riot gear and there was no way that the police weren't asking for that to boil over by the way the police handled that um right i i thought that one of the The police that there were a lot of shitty things that came out of ferguson but two good things at least i thought at the time that came out of ferguson was this executive order that seemingly demilitarized or at least that's how we talked about it at the time demilitarized Mm -hmm. police stations i thought that was a good thing that came out of it and body cams that yeah that they seemed like they like to turn off at the time we didn't know that they just turned them off Um, right you know so apparently that's not against the rules so yeah so i don't know doesn't make any sense to me so what do you that so what do you think about this move by Donald Trump? 
this is a this is exactly what conservatives are afraid of. This is the one thing. This is the only thing that conservatives unite around. We don't trust big government. We don't want the police to be militarized. We don't want the government to be able to come into your homes and to do all these things. This is why we blow up the Constitution so much, what we talk about our rights. We don't like this. So am I super pissed off at Donald Trump for, for doing it? Yeah, I am. Yeah. And uh, there's no way to look at it. There's no reason that a my local police department needs fucking rocket launchers. No. You don't need those things. No. Sorry, buddy. Like, and, if and I start seeing Apache helicopters flying by, I'm going to be like, what the shit? Like, here's the thought, too. And, like, this is going to seem really, really insensitive. And I know that, like, it doesn't matter because people people that are listening that have been listening anyway um, that are super, super Blue Lives Matter they people hate you. probably aren't. <laughs> Yeah, they. I don't know if they just hate me. <laughs> they they probably aren't listening. I'm straight up lovable, son. The the the, <laughs> the blue lives matter people, but um, fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> we watched what those tanks did in St. Louis, and like, they, there's yeah. always this excuse. Well, we need it because what if these people have uh. What what if we have a scenario where two guys with a bunch of AK-47s walk into a place, we're going to need a tank to stand behind. No, you went into this job knowing that you could get shot at. Now roll in 50 deep and take them out. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, that's, right. that's super insensitive, but I don't need a tank on the street of St. Louis, Missouri. I don't need a tank on the street of Ferguson or St. Charles or St. Peter's. Um, right. I mean, apparently the, their big thing is just let them fight it out anyway. They don't seem to be willing to protect us anyway. So what the right. fuck? We are just you saw to... we just saw that video um, from which I again don't like shitty news sources, which I will admit the Huffington Post is. But you know, you have a video of a guy at Charlottesville shooting into the crowd with police standing right there, not doing anything. Yeah. What? I still haven't looked into that one enough. Um, I I just. God, I find that hard to believe that I do too. But I mean, I, I just video is hard to argue it, with. The, yeah, but where was that video? So, like, I mean, maybe, no one else brought it up like for two weeks. Yeah, no, yeah, seems right. really weird, man. It does, it does. I mean, well, I'll put the link in the. I'm not saying uh, that I'll, it can't happen. It, it's me. It, it honestly, that nothing else seems more likely to have happened. Right. So I, I totally get like. If it's real, then fuck it. Duh. I, shit. I yeah. should have seen that coming. I'll put the link. But it's just weird that the, no one was talking about I'll it. I'll put the HuffPost link in the sources, and the audience should go and check it out for themselves and do a little bit of investigating on your own and see what you see what you find out. And if yeah. you find out something that you think is smarter than what we just rambled through, let us you know. You can comment. You can, yeah. <laughs> let us know, and then we'll call you a loser next time, next episode. So it's it's all cool. <laughs> um, but you know, so yeah, no, I think we both agree on this. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't. I don't no. think it's a good. This idea. This is big government. This exactly, and I don't know if. Well, I, I guess we might save that for the next segment. You know what I'm trying to get to? I'm trying to get to the the walking into people's houses and the no search warrant thing. Right. I think they go hand in hand. I mean, I, to me, this is this is big government. So, yeah. What was you know, that? A, that was we'll just loosely take what 
what that is, and then we'll yeah. we'll look into that and we'll one... go into that for the next episode. Yeah, because this is something that I definitely wanted to touch on, but this is something that also just came out. So quietly, pretty much all of Congress passed a bill for uh, Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. I believe I know it's Maryland and D.C. I believe the other one was was Virginia, where they can basically come into your house without a search warrant. Um, I haven't heard yep. the reasoning behind this. Uh, I know that it goes completely against the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that only four legislators stood against it. Yeah. And that Donald Trump signed it. That's unbelievable and, to me. So we need to, before we get into that, because I feel like that's something that's segment worthy. Like, I feel like that yeah. is, that's big enough to to go into well, and what be is like, it, you know. What um, does it mean? It's just like we see what looks to be Donald Trump militarizing the police departments right and and then while simultaneously stripping away rights what does that mean what is he preparing yeah. for you can't you know, pick there, you can't pick do, and do they think that some sort of civil war is actually going to break out or something like what are they trying to, to quell yeah i don't know all that again that's like some alex I'm the conservative. right there it is but it, this is fucked up like this is the the timing is is really weird that they both happen at damn near the exact same time there are a lot of tensions that are rising with people in, in the streets fighting and damn near killing each other, now actually killing each other. Right. You know? It's just a fucking crazy time. The world's gone mad. Everything's racist. I don't fucking understand it. Yeah. <laughs> and no, like, I, so I think that, yeah, to me, this is what, as a conservative and a Republican, this is the one thing that we don't want to see. This is rights being taken away. This is big government getting bigger and getting right. scarier and getting meaner. Right. So no, I agree with you. So we'll we'll definitely do that segment at a later date and, and go more into detail with that because it because that's yeah yeah right. Now that we've gotten the politics out of the way, we're going to do something that we haven't done before. We've always thought about doing it, but we figured you don't give a shit what we think about shit anyway. So. <laughs> Um, but we're going to go ahead and step away from politics for this last little bit. Um, I'm actually going to, Mitch doesn't know this because we're, we're doing this in real time right now. I'm going to scratch Batman for this week. Woo. Pop culture, a little Uh, secret. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do Batman at, at another time for time reasons, time purposes, but Bat's sad now, but we will, go into your dumb segment that I don't want to do and <laughs> yes so we'll, well start no, we with had Floyd, uh, we gotta go with the, the boxing match this is the biggest fight ever in combat sports history in any sport how can a, a fighter who has zero experience in boxing go up against the very best and pretend that maybe he can win it's 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 almost unheard of Mayweather is a way better boxer there's just no doubt about it he's one of the greatest boxer if not the greatest boxer that's ever lived I know every single shot he's been hit with I know every single shot he's been hurt with never compare Conor McGregor to me that's a total disrespect I'm the boxing guy watch me take over boxing trust me on that not knowing this boxing game knows what's coming Roger, Roger said most people don't know shit about boxing. But Conor McGregor says most people don't know shit about fighting. I think probably the biggest story of the week last week was the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather uh, money fight, which is like 
super lame to call it that. Like, don't. don't I think we were both on Conor McGregor's side. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we were. Even though he was acting like such a fool. Yo, he was acting awesome, and that's what I love. No, he wasn't. That's why I love. I was like, what a chode I love Conor McGregor for that. Um, Conor McGregor, if you put him on ice skates, he would fit in to any team in the (laughs) NHL. Like, that dude is the greatest smack talker of all time. And Floyd Mayweather is horrible at smack talk. Like, Conor was roasting him like Tupac. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was ridiculous. So that fight obviously happened Saturday night, which everybody listening already knows because they watched it at the same time we did. Right. But, I mean, pretty much everyone saw this. And if you didn't see it in actual with your person, you heard about it. Everyone has social media. So what'd you, you know the outcome. So what did you think about the match itself? I was digging it hardcore, man. Like I was, I was, I was ready. And then, so they came out. And first, I was a little bit disappointed with uh, Mayweather because he was just kind of, I think he was being a bit of a bitch. He just kept putting his arms up and just kept walking into him. And McGregor, for his part, like he was landing a bunch of jabs. He was landing a bunch of, of hits. But this isn't his sport. Right. So he's got all these tendencies that linger from the from UHF or, or uh, not UHF. I have to go to that movie. UFC. Um, yeah, and MMA and all that, where he wants to do the fucking, uh, what do you call it, jackhammers or whatever they called those. Right. Um, the You're hammer like fist. Trying to grapple a few times. And... Trying to grapple, you know, yeah. And then, but those are mistakes, you know, those are, and then he would pretty much correct himself. Like whenever the, the ref was saying, stop, you know, he'd be like, oh, fuck. All right, shit, I fucked up. Mayweather was just kind of like turning away so, so that he me, would get hit in the back. Right. Let me turn my back to you real quick. Now, like, let me say something here. First of all, you know way more about like like these types of uh, contact sports than I do. Um, I really don't watch them, so I, I, I don't know how well, much more I know than you. you. You used to, though. I mean, you at least know the rules. No. No? Yeah. Okay, well, good. We're no. on the same page then. I know I know. I'm not opposed to watching fights. About, I just don't get. I don't get into it. Like I need to watch every fight. And I know all the I know, fighters. Like I know zero percent about boxing, but what I do know is yeah. that you can't get hit in the back. So when I'm watching Floyd turn his back to Connor the whole time, I'm like, <laughs> he's not. He, he doesn't even box in this sport. So if you do win on some bullshit like decision, right, and it's because he got points taken off because you're turning around. And here's my here's my favorite thing. Like everybody. The, Floyd is hashtag money team, right? Like he's money team. Money. And the the money involved with this was amazing. The match was great. I thought Connor did a I thought Connor ten rounds for a dude who doesn't even box. Kudos to yeah. you, kid. Like I lo- I love <laughs> Connor McGregor's attitude. I I love everything about him. I think that he is hilarious. <laughs> um and that's I wish it, that's what drew I, me to this in the first place. And then yeah, when I, when you know everybody's calling uh Mayweather the the billion dollar fighter, like yeah, he made a billion, but he also spent a billion. He came out of retirement to not be broke anymore, made three hundred million dollars, and he's broke still. Like that Floyd Mayweather <laughs> is not the money team. He's the I owe money team. So <laughs> You know, I don't know, but but it was. I thought it was great, and the outcome. I wish was, it would have gone down different. I just I feel like Conor McGregor came to fight, like he came to really try to fight, 
And I think that Floyd fucking, came to make money. Yeah. Well, he and plus he just he knew what to do. He knew to just tire him out. So right. You know, saying like, oh, he lasted ten rounds with it. But again, McGregor wasn't getting hit. Like Mayweather was just putting his arms up and walking into him. Right. And Until so like he end. didn't really get a lot of damage. Yeah. Well, then he was gassed, and so now it, like each punch is gonna be worth tenfold. And now I'm gonna fucking smoke him, mm-hmm. you know. And he did, so, but man. Like, when he came out, like he came out swinging yeah. like crazy. Yeah, that those are the fights I don't. That I liked this fight just because I felt like one person was in it. But when I when I would try, that's why I don't like watching UFC and all these other things because now there's so many rules where they do it by decision. And if I'm gonna watch a fight, I want to see a brawl. I want to see two guys just beating the living fuck out of each other till one falls the fuck down and doesn't get. Yeah, back but you're up. not gonna get that with boxing anyway. I mean, no, would, man, the old Rocky, that would be like, like saying the same thing and being like, "Now go take this pigskin and get out there, and do your no. thing." Like, no, you're not gonna if murder anybody, each other. It's football. If anybody hasn't watched old Mike Tyson do it, because that's exactly what you see. Okay. <laughs> like, that's like fine. And, and they're fun as fuck to watch. Like, he, he, dude's just quick and he rocks them. Like, I don't like the long, drawn-out where, you know, we just test each other. I'm going to stick my hand in your face. And McGregor was doing that. Like, he, he was trying to play the game, too, because he had the longer reach. Right. So he was keeping Floyd back, you know, and then jabbing him as he could. Uh, but Conor McGregor really needed to come out and just go for the KO. And I never once really did I see him really go for gold. Like, I can't – even if he whiffed it, you know, I don't really remember one where he really looked like he had put all of his strength behind a punch. And he right. probably should have. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I think. I think though, for the spectacle that it was, it, it, I was. I was entertained with. Yeah, with. <laughs> it was way more entertaining than I thought it would be because I thought yeah. either McGregor's going to come out, and he's going to he's going to knock him out because it's the only way he's going to win this. He's going to knock right. him out in early on in like the first four or five rounds, or. There's no way Mayweather doesn't win a match that lasts past that time because he's just because right. at this point McGregor, who's an MMA fighter, who comes out and chokes somebody out in 28 seconds, and that's the match, is not going to last for 25 minutes. Like it's just not, you know. So it was predictable. The outcome was, but the experience, right. but the experience itself, watching it and seeing the whole thing, I think a it did a lot of good things for boxing because I haven't watched yeah. a boxing match in my adult life, and um, <laughs> b it like it was way more fun and way way better than I expected it to be. So I I, I think that was the whole thing was good, and now let's see Floyd get in the octagon, see what happens. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Brock Lesnar comes out with the flying knee. Oh. <laughs> right. This isn't WWE. I said Octagon. Like keep your Wasted. keep your Brock Lesnar in his right video game. Um, yeah, yeah. So he played. He was he was in UFC for a little bit. Right. No, I know he was. He it, two or three times. He's been everywhere. So actually, yeah. was just reading about Brock Lesnar the other day and didn't realize that like. He's been in all kinds of wrestling promotions too. He's in like New Japan wrestling and like a bunch of like <laughs> we the guy's been all over the place. NFL, right? Wasn't he in the NFL too? Or uh, I don't know. I think he's he's too big. I feel like he was. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I Yeah, he'd be a lineman maybe. Yeah, yeah, I don't Stand know. Stand in that fucking spot and don't move. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, 
that's that. I think now we yeah. will warn the audience that the next bit we're going to talk about is completely Mitch's fault. I was totally <laughs> anti-doing it. So, spoiler alerts ahead on the recently 24 hours ago ended season of Game of Thrones. Um, spoiler alert. If you have not watched it, go watch it and then come back for this awesome assessment. Right. This is literally the time to pause or stop this podcast and not have Game of Thrones ruined for you. I'm going to keep bullshitting this sentence for about 30 more seconds so that you know now is the time to turn off this podcast <laughs> or pause now this podcast. Go watch all of season seven, or if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, you probably are pissed off that we're going to end the show this way, but F you, you're like eight <laughs> years behind the behind the boat right. here. So Get with go, the fucking times. Right, so now... I'm going to let Mitch start this off, and we're going to ruin Game of Thrones for you. So turn your shit off, but right. but been, then come back for the warned. alternative fact. So just, just be, <laughs> be here for that. So anyway, right. go ahead. All right, here we go. So. I hate it. Obviously, the, <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't hate it. So this season was a bit different than the, the previous seasons. Uh, if it, you have, again, maybe you don't watch Game of Thrones, maybe you do, but... This season is the second to last season before the whole series wraps up. And it, it was shot differently as well. Instead of 10 episodes at about an hour long, it was only seven episodes. A couple of them going a little bit over an hour, but most of them were staying at about an hour. This last season finale was about 90 minutes long. And I just want to touch on a few things on the season as a whole because I want to say that for the first four episodes, it was on point. Like, me and you have talked about they had the problem with the fast travel where, right. you know, it just seemed like the, the, thing, the timelines though, no the, longer made sense. The argument, though, that I've heard is that, like, they don't actually give you a timeline. So, you yeah, know, that's what I kind of hate. Like, I wish that they would just put one dialogue of like, man, I can't believe I went three weeks on that boat and didn't throw up or right, something like that. Right. Like, because you have no idea. Did that did this happen? And this scene was like two hours later, or was it two weeks later, or like how did <laughs> right. they get he's there? He's in Dragonstone so now. Now he's in Winterfell. Now they're sitting outside Casterly Rock, which is on the other fucking side of the continent. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, and I've seen interviews with the director and with the showrunners, and they were like, "We're fudging the timelines. Like we're we're not we're not concerned with them." And I think that that helped and hindered. I think that the first four episodes are a great example of I don't give a shit that the timelines are weird because everything that I want to see is happening is happening. Um, I I was kind of let down with the last three episodes of the season. The only thing that let me down about the way that it – well, there were two – I have two critiques of the last episode – um yeah but like i expected somebody bigger to die honestly and that's I, what i'm worried about. and like that's why those four episodes at the beginning were so good is because everyone was dying and right. i didn't expect it like Tyrion comes out with the plan and you're like dude Tyrion's the man this is gonna be dope and everything he does is wrong and as an audience we underestimated cersei we came into it going she's dead <laughs> like right. There's no way she lives past, like, episode two. Fucking dragons. Right. And then you see Tyrion holding her back, and then, uh, what's her name? 
Uh, Lady Elena dies. I didn't see that coming. The Sand Snakes die. Yara gets captured. All these things that were like, and at the same time, the plot was moving forward. Yeah, and especially that fourth that fourth episode was incredible because you got the Sansa Arya reunion. Yeah, um, I mean it was. Um, oh, what else did they do in those first four episodes? They did well. The opening, did a lot the, of shit. The, every yeah, the way first of all, the way that the season started was amazing. Like that was like the coolest scene. Who? <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't remember. Arya his killing name. Walder Frey. Yes. Oh my god! What yeah. an what an intense scene. And like the whole way they built it up. Now I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit, but I want for anybody that's listening, Mitch has read the books. I have not yet. So I, you are endeavoring to read the book. I am, but I think that the, but I think that, so you have to realize that we're going to come from this from different perspectives. You know, the whole canon, you know, the story up until where it stops. I know only what HBO has told me. Um, Right. And and really they're not, they're not comparable in those sense because, it's just like what George R. R. Martin says. He goes, I'm not really watching the show because there's like 20 characters that are dead that are very much alive for me. Right. And like, but he's the one who that created said, those characters. Here's the and- critique to that. Write the fucking story, dude. It, like, not everybody <laughs> has 30 years to just wait around for another season of the show. So finish, right. finish your damn story. He's uh, actually writing on par. Like, if you look at how much, how many words there are to this story – it is so much longer than the Lord of the Rings, which took Tolkien like 30 years to write. Yeah. Like he's doing, he's really doing good. The problem is that Feast for Crows, you'll get to it. That book was just pretty much everything that would just drag drags on is basically what it was. That whole book is like Brienne looking for Sansa and not finding her. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And then Samuel Tarley on a boat and it's like, get to the Citadel and he just doesn't do it. And you're like, right. what the fuck? So uh, I've had arguments, uh, my, a buddy of mine, Dustin, who's also read the books. We actually read the books at the same time over the span of about a year and a half. And sometimes I was ahead of him. Sometimes he was ahead of me. But we took that very differently. He loved Feast for Crows. I did not like Feast for Crows. So right. obviously you're going to be able to make up your own mind when you get there. But I think that there was a way to do it. And those first four episodes with the, the travel, with the story exposition, all right, we need a new ally. Here's the Greyjoys. Okay, cool. Well, now that brings up all of this shit. And it all gelled. It was working. Right. And then obviously it culminates with the, the loot train battle where you see Daenerys right in with Drogon and just waste shit. So awesome. She wasted shit a few times in the season. (laughs) And I love, I love what they're doing with Daenerys now where like the audience, like you see these, you see these uh, characteristics of her dad, the mad King. And you like at, there are times where you wonder like, uh Oh, is she going? Cause she's always been the, she's always been the good character. She's always been the one you've rooted for from the beginning. And I mean, even in the earlier seasons, she does some fucked up shit. Like when, they show like as she's getting she to does, Marine. but she doesn't burn father and son together without pleading their case. Like she, you know, oh, she does. Uh, there's a scene earlier in the, this is in the show, not in the books where she gets, I think like whenever the sons of the harpy are attacking her in Marine and she just takes a bunch of first, firstborn sons from uh, all of the higher families, like the, the nobles. And she just feeds them to her dragons. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> like, yeah, that's fucked. I, I remember there's like one or two that get eaten and she's like, every day I'm just going to feed another one of you to them until these fucking murders stop. Like so she does some fucked up shit. Right. And then she does other things where she kills the masters and crucifies them. Yeah, and- that is true. She is. Yeah. Cause I remember a few seasons ago saying that, you know, these are, these are traces of her dad and her, like, these are characteristics of the man. Yeah. And then like, they've, they, in, as everything in Game of Thrones does, it's like, there's like this ebb and flow the whole way through the the show where, you know, there nothing is 100% evil and nothing is 100% good because right. it, it just isn't. You yep. see, you start out hating Jamie Lannister, and I'll be damned <laughs> if you're not rooting for that son of a bitch now. So, right. it, you know. Because he's, he's layered, and, you know, he's got... And they all are. Stay away from like, Cersei. Really, they all are. Even Cersei has layers. They're all fucked up. I love Cersei. But I think Cersei's fucking cool as shit. I know, like, but I, you I'm, also love somebody else who's not going to sit on the Iron Throne. Is he? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Littlefinger. But, yeah. I have a feeling well, he yeah, won't. Littlefinger. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Littlefinger's fucking. He eats it. I did that one and, too. I didn't even want to do the fucking yeah. segment. So then going. I, I don't know. Going into the last three episodes, this is where I think it started to fall apart. And it's not catastrophic. It wasn't, I, you know, I was a little bit let down. But right off the bat, they kind of talk about uh, Eastwatch. And the, the episode is called Eastwatch. Mm-hmm. And you think that that's where it's going to go. And it's basically an exposition episode. And when I think back to it, I can't really think of anything that really happened. The Gendry thing happened. That was cool. They found Gendry. The exhibition um, was where the the Night King they went out to get the um White Walker and bring him back to Cersei to yeah. prove to Cersei that, you know, they were But that was that's what we thought we were getting in that episode and we didn't get it. That was the next episode beyond the wall, the second to last. And this oh, that was yes, the one that right. just yeah, that one just didn't make any sense. There was just so many things that just didn't make any sense. I mean, now, the thing that we also... We don't know what the fuck the Night King wants to do. He has to have some motivation. The only way that I'm buying any of this... Because, like, for people who haven't seen the episode, they basically go beyond the wall. They find some walkers. There's one guy, Gendry, who literally has said, I've never been to the North. How do you guys even do anything here he's clearly not acclimated to the weather they get surrounded and he's like go you're the fastest it's like what are you talking about send Tormund. he's the fucking northern <laughs> like, right in reality he would have ran for like three miles and then just fallen down and been like i'm dead like <laughs> right. yeah but yeah, come on make... like you're saying in reality in a world with dragons and zombie skeletons so right but but what made it so good is that it was believable like there's these characters aren't good and evil they have these dualities right. to them and they've got things that you see yourself in them right and i think that they went for the well we just need a lot of zombies and we just need to do that and so they made this whole set piece where they're i, I they, always they basically i always have a problem in any movie not just game of thrones where a character gets surrounded by Whatever, zombies for argument's right. sake, and then like somehow they're in the next two scenes later. You're like, wait a minute, dude. <laughs> if you were surrounded by that many of anything, lions, tigers, bears, zombies, whatever, <laughs> if you're if you're surrounded by that many of anything, it's gonna be like you're gonna have to convince me that you did more than just run. Like Right, exactly. You know. And they don't even do that. They just sit there and they're like, all right, so now that we've been trekking back here, let's send the guy who's least acclimated to the climate 
you run back to the wall. It did and feel it does. like it, right? It did feel like it. I know that it was like kind of day out, and then it was night when he got back. But it did feel like the whole thing took like thirty minutes. Yeah, and especially by with the distances that they're going. Dragonstone is by King's Landing. King's Landing is in the south. You are beyond the wall. You have to get a guy on foot to the wall, then to send a raven. Then she has to get on her dragon and somehow not freeze to death at these altitudes. <laughs> All right. I think, of, I think now you're none of it out a little bit too much. Um, I'm just saying, like, it didn't make sense. And then, meanwhile, the Night King's staring at them, holding spears. (laughs) There is something to be said about the fact that it's fantasy. And somebody who can ride a dragon can ride a dragon in the snow and melt that shit. Like, Right. That's fine. I'm just saying, like, it just needs to make it – it needs to be a little bit more believable. And I think that where they – you're being a little bit hard. You're like, no, look. Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man's webs come from inside his arm, not a little pack on the outside of his arm. This is bullshit. Like, no, That's dude, bullshit. it's cool. He's yeah. Spider-Man either way. So <laughs> I still, I wasn't digging it. And then the whole thing happened where the Night King's staring at them. He's got spears, but I guess they just decided not to kill him. The only way that I'm going to buy that is if he was planning on dragons to come. Somehow he's got like brand powers or something. And he well, can tell. that's that's the theory is that he does have like brand powers. The theory, I don't, I don't believe the theory. Um, have you read like all of the? Have you read all the clues that were left throughout the seasons as to? I have, I haven't. So I, I'm okay. I'm well, not as well I'll, I'll in it. send you the, an article, and I will post an article in the sources here. But I just read something a little while ago that was basically like, look, there's clues starting from season one. And like it names all of the episodes and all of the scenarios where like this was said to Sam by the maester and the maester they were referring to taught this person. And it like ties in with the the witch that allowed um, Khaleesi Daenerys to, to have the dragons in the first place. And like, no, oh, Mazo, Maz. Well, Something. Yeah, like it basically makes there's a theory that basically points to like the Night King also being like Brand, well, the... and, it, and it talks about how after dragons die, the magic is slowly leaving Westeros, and the 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 wall is forged yeah. with like you know. So I don't know. It just it makes it seem like he has dark power. Well, he clearly has dark powers, but it now, in the book I know it's different because I know that there's a whole segment about the knight's king where that was uh one of the the guard towers and he was a commander of the knight's watch and fell in love with one of the whites one of the white walkers that was a female and had took over killed a bunch of people and reigned for 13 years or something as the knight's king i i don't think they're going that way with the knight king we already saw in the show the children of the forest create the night King. And it clearly was a dude who could walk and it clearly didn't look like brand. So I just don't think that since we've already I, seen that, I scene, don't know that they would just, what I read wasn't that he was brand. Cause I've seen that theory going around too, but I like, yeah. I just saw that he was basically a really powerful maester or whatever. So I don't okay, know. That would make more sense. Yeah. I know that they're saying that if he is anyone, cause it was a guy from the night's watch, right? They, they took, and originally they were the children of the forest created the white walkers to fight men. And then they were like, Oh fuck, we fucked up. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and then they band together and, and fought him. 
So again, we're going to see. That's the only way that I'm going to buy it because at any point he could have apparently he's javelin thrower extraordinaire who can toss a javelin 100 fucking thousand meters in the air with no problem. <laughs> right. So he could have he could have taken all of them out at any moment. So I'm I'm hoping that that's the reason why he didn't was because he knew dragons were coming. I feel Even like still there's no reason why he shouldn't have got Drogon. Drogon was clearly closer and had everyone on it. Like Right. Take him out. No, yeah. You go for Viserion flying in the air. So that part again didn't kind of make a lot of sense. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, going to I gotta get to the the ending though, because obviously the the final episode is right where right. it's at and where where it's going from here. We're gonna try so, to wrap it up in the next five minutes though, and not yeah. ruin the I'll, whole I'll let you Game do of then. Thrones What'd experience you... for all of our listeners. <laughs> right. So what was your what was your final assessment of that of that episode though? Did you the, see the thing coming with Baelish? No, I didn't actually. Um, and I mean, I guess I probably should have, but I didn't. And I was here's my thing with Baelish. It's like I've always loved the character because he's so like I know he plays the game so well. Except he doesn't obviously anymore. Um, <laughs> but you know, so it was like I was disappointed that Baelish went. But at the same time, it was the kind of disappointed where it was like, meh, he played the game of the game one. Yeah. So it's like, it's like I was, yeah, it's like I was a really big fan of Ramsey Bolton, like uh, to the point where I was rooting for Ramsey Bolton over that's Jon fucked Snow up. in like, the north. That's fucked yeah. up. <laughs> and so like when Ramsey died, I was like, God damn it. No. But at the same time, I like John. So I was like, all right, it's fine. Kind of like that thing whenever... <laughs> that fourth episode where Jamie's charging after Daenerys. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like right. clearly I want Jamie to win if it's going to come down to that, but I really don't want Dan- Daenerys to die either. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. Seeing Baelish die really sucked. Like I, I had had a theory going on from, from the beginning that he was the one who was going to sit the iron throne. Um, now there is a theory going around that he is actually the, the reason uh, for Robert's rebellion and why it even started. Uh, the theory goes that basically whenever Liana and Rhaegar got married, they sent a note back from Maester, whatever his name was, that kept all the records, saying, hey, I've gotten my marriage annulled to, uh, what's her name, Elia Martell. I've married your sister, you know, uh, addressed to Brandon Stark, who just fucking owned Littlefinger and Littlefinger was pissed off about. And right. so the theory goes, he hid the message just trying to be a dick and then ended up starting the whole war. I was really hoping they were going to bring that up when they were accusing him of everything. I was yeah. really hoping that brand would have like brought that up and been like, and you were the reason for it. And then just had everyone be like, kill this fucker. Right. They didn't do that. So I was kind of like, Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to stay in the books. I don't know if it isn't. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't see that coming. Um, I think that I'm glad that they finally confirmed that L plus R equals J or A um, or E or whatever. It. And <laughs> I think – so I'm I'm glad that they finally, like, went far enough that Brand said it. Like, this is who he is. Yeah. Like, that's good. Now it's confirmed. Now it's out there. Like, I thought that was better than the flashback that they did last season. I was disappointed in that flashback because I didn't think it went far enough. But obviously, yeah. like, they oh, had to – Oh, man, re- I love that Tower of Joy scene they have yet to to reveal it to the characters themselves and so that right so um so that was good i the, the, my one little tiny critique is like a 
ice dragon should be blowing ice, not fire. You shouldn't be melting the wall and sh- <laughs> what? Like what the hell? Like white fire, like the the hottest fire too. Right, like, that was fucking insane. Yeah, but that should. I think that's awesome. Like I can't, I can't fucking wait, man. Like that was be... cool. I did want to see an ice dragon. Like I wanted to see him fucking like. Yeah, attack Tormund and he comes out Sub Zero like ah, oh, I'm fucking frozen. Right, like, although that would make shatter. but that would make the end game too easy. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess not any easier than having dragons fire and like going down. The, <laughs> you know, it's kind of that's kind of a game changer. So it's just kind of blow. It, it blows my mind because in in the books there is the horn of Joramont or whatever it's called, which is this magical horn that's said to if you blow it, you you take down the wall. And Mance claims that he has it, but he never uses it. And he has a reason for not using it because he's trying to get away from the White Walkers. He doesn't want, he wants to hide behind the wall. He doesn't want to take it down. Right. A long time ago in the show, whenever there's, there's an episode where Grin, um, I think it's Grin and Sam and someone else are walking around and they find the dragon glass. Like they find it buried under the snow and buried with the dragon glass is a horn. And then they just never bring it up again. And then I was like, well, surely the Night King's going to have this horn to fucking take this thing down. And now he just takes a dragon and just owns it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess you can do it that way, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. I have no fucking clue what's going to happen for this, this next season. It's going to be uh, interesting I mean, to see him wrap it up in six episodes. I know the episodes are supposed to be longer next season. Um, yeah. This so supposed to be feature length, so like 90 minutes plus for each right. episode. So that's good. So, well, actually, if that's true, then we'll get 12 hours, which is more than the yeah, 10 Yeah, it'd be like Lord used. of the Rings. Right. Yeah, it, it can be done. So, so that so I'm not disappointed. I'm not disappointed in that at all. I thought I thought overall it was a good season. I'm glad to yeah, eight out of ten. Yeah, but I still think that I like. I personally liked it better than last season. So yeah, I thought that the last season really ended str- much more strongly. Like this episode to me, this last episode really didn't feel like a season finale. Like I kept waiting for more shit to happen. And then it didn't. Yeah. And I, was like, All right, I don't uh, know. I mean, to me, it's just like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have the same. I get what you mean. It To me, it yeah. did feel like I could see, like, obviously, okay, this is where they're leaving us. But the cliffhanger this time wasn't as like, oh, fuck, I have to wait a year and a half for this. Like, it, <laughs> like, cause, you it's know. It's just like, all right, cool. But they, I don't know. Past the wall. I don't know that it's fair to expect anything different. Like, we're at the, st- the end of the story now. We kind of knew where the story was going. So now we're there and we're just kind of cleaning up the details. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. I, I still love it. Like, last yeah. season, last season, I wasn't. I, I didn't hate it by any stretch. Like, I still liked it. I just, it wasn't my favorite season. And this season felt so much more like rejuvenating like i got i right fall i've gone See, head first back you're lucky the though of thrones and so i yeah I like that you're lucky because you got the book still so like now you can go right into the books right and you're even extra lucky because probably by the time you finish those books the winds of winter will actually come out like as soon as i finished uh dance with dragons and i was just like what the fuck do i do like i right. need the next bit like yeah. it ends so strong and i just I, uh, I can't wait for Winds of Winter. Right. So, yeah, I, dude. I hear you. It's going to be cool. So, I guess that's there you it. go. That's TDAP, Spoiling Game of Thrones, Season 7, right? So That's right. I think that's a good place to end it, though, for the week. Um, they actually I got so. – I think we got a lot more out of this little speed – or 
who does that speed round who says that anymore <laughs> um i think we got i think we got more than we expected out of this one so that's good anyway right um we'll save batman for another time but i do have shit to say about that martin scorsese uh and and uh yeah so that's uh remember to follow us on twitter and facebook at tdap 2017 the Links to the show, or I'm sorry, the links to the sources are in the comments of the show. YouTube, are we doing anything there? Not yet. No, we'll stop talking about YouTube for right now. Um, yeah. We'll figure that out during the break. We are, yeah, and that was the other thing. I'm glad I was stalling, and I'm glad you said it. So the, we're, <laughs> we're taking a break um, next week, and we might do like a Facebook Live update like a little quick one here or there but we're gonna take a break we've got a a few things that we want to that we want to work on with the podcast as i said at the beginning of the at the of the show as well as music and uh and some other stuff so yeah i think that's good and we'll plan on being back here next week or not what the fuck did i just say what the shit dude we'll we'll be back in two (laughs) weeks and as as you know the episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play. Normally on Tuesdays, this week on Wednesdays. That's enough rambling at the end of this episode. Here it is, your alternative <laughs> fact of the week. Thanks. Life is so fucking good. How do I look? What the fuck is he wearing? He looks like a little breakdancer or something. A little 12-year-old breakdancer, bitch. What the fuck? He's 40! You're 40 years of age! Dress your fucking age! He's in a fucking tracksuit! He can't even afford a suit anymore! The roses are 2012 outside! He is fucked!